Episode 224 of the Bevan James Isle Show, an interview with Sharky Zartman. Radio team, welcome along to episode 224 of the Bevan James I'll Show, your Fortnite podcast on the behaviours that create a lifetime love of fitness so you can get all the benefits that come alongside it. Today I've got an interview, I've got an interview with a lovely lady by the name of Shaki Zartman. Uh, Shaki has written a book called, now let me pull up my little notes here because I've got her book here in front of me. Uh, Shaki is, what I loved about Shaki is, A, her name is not well, it's Shaki. She's known as Shaki Zutman, but it's a nickname that's kind of stuck forever. But B, she is somebody who's worked in health and fitness for her lifetime. She's 71. She's still working in health and fitness. She's uh, had a lifetime love. She's been a US representative for volleyball, been a high-level coach, as uh, a professor in health and fitness, written, I think, over nine books. Uh, her latest book is called Win at Aging, How to Stay Fit, free and love your retirement Uh, but it was one of those interviews where I'm just kind of sitting down talking with someone who's been in the game forever and I love these kind of interviews because they're the kind of interview where you're just dealing with someone who just has insight because of the experiences that they have now obviously she has knowledge because she's a professor (laughs) she's written books she knows this stuff but more importantly she's lived the life and lived the life in many ways in her own athletic endeavors and being a coach and, and educating kids and now she's kind of moving more and more towards kind of people of a certain age keeping them in movement or getting them into movement into their lives as they're kind of hitting retirement age which it's really interesting I didn't talk about this in the interview but before I did the interview today um, I was at the gym and I was speaking with my friends Blair Blair's this really nice guy who I go camping with every year and we we're talking about his father and his father's mid-70s and he's just saying once his father stopped working he kind of aged aged a lot and and obviously you're getting of an age where you're aging but he was talking about how just he's kind of got old and partly because he had no purpose there he didn't really give himself a life purpose once he finished his career and for that reason maybe he hasn't kind of stayed as vibrant as he could post-career and this is a really interesting thing and, and Sharky and I talk about this because ultimately as we age while we're here we want to be able to be able to have the best experience as possible now obviously health and fitness is a massive component for that so basically what Sharky's done is she's written this book when it aging uh, and we're going to be talking about that in today's show so before we get into the interview I do want to talk about one thing so Joel and I this week we went over to a place called Hemna Springs. So we needed a we needed a break, and so we kind of thought let's go away for four or five days. And, and Hemna Springs is like an hour up the road from where we live. It's kind of a really good spot if you want to do a few days away. It's got kind of these hot pools, lots of beautiful trail walks and runs. Um, I don't know it's just a really nice spot to get away. Now two things I'm going to take I want to share with you. First of all, I love being fit, and. Obviously, because my whole life's around being fit, but one of the cool things that happened twice on our our trip away was we thought we'd go for a couple of beautiful walks. And kind of walks which were going to be about two hours long. Um, Hamnet has a lot of beautiful nature walks. We did one walk where we went to this 
Uh, it's called, uh, I can't think of what it's, but it's basically something, a waterfall. Uh, and there's this beautiful waterfall you walk through and then you kind of walk out. And we did that walk and then we did another walk another day. We went up Chronicle Hill and then we went across the top. Now, Joe and I, we're maybe not the sharpest when it comes to navigation because both days we've kind of done the main gist of the walk. So we've kind of been walking for a couple of hours and we realized we were not lost, but we weren't where we thought we were. And so we thought to ourselves, we need to kind of get back home. And both times we said, well, let's just run home. And it turned out that both runs are probably about 30, 40 minutes long. And as we're running, A, we're in, in paradise. We're just running in paradise. Both days, the weather was just beautiful, hot, calm days. Both days, I'm running with my wife, who I love. Um, and, and both days, and Joe and I both said this, as we were kind of driving home yesterday, we were saying one of the highlights of the trip was just being able to run and be able to do that. And we didn't go with the intention of going for a run, but I love that I'm fit enough that in those moments, I can do that thing. And actually, in the in the interview you're going to hear me talk about this because today I, I, I I'm going to repeat something I talked about in the interview later on but today I was coaching one of our lovely runners by the name of Leanne and Leanne's been doing a get up to five program and Leanne is I don't know how old she is but she's I don't know she's she's old enough to have grandchildren if you know what I mean um and she was saying how before she joined the group she uh, would often see the kids playing and she wouldn't get up and play. And now she is the kind of person who would get up and play with the kids, but because she would neglected her health and fitness, she was limiting that experience. And she was saying how a few weeks ago, she was out at the park with her family and, and the young kids got the ball out and she she now has the health and fitness to get up and play with the ball and got up and play with the ball. And she said it felt so great to be able to be active again with the kids. And to me, when we think about the benefits of exercise, it's those moments in life which is maybe one of the best benefits of exercise. Like Joe and I, we've been walking, we're, you know, the walks, they weren't that challenging. It was just, you know, there's some hills in it, but it was walks that were well within our reach. But we got lost both times, but we were able to run out for 30 minutes and have this really beautiful shared experience together. And then Leanne, she has to get up and have, you know, have the health and fitness to participate with kids and have fun with kids. And she wants to be that person in their life. And when we talk about the benefits of exercise, often we talk about weight, we talk about, you know, cardiovascular fitness, we talk about the medical benefits, we talk about, you know, um, image and all that kind of stuff. But one of the most amazing benefits of health and fitness is the life experiences you get to have. And in Hemna, that was definitely reinforced to me. And I remember just thinking as I got on from both runs, I just thought, I'm so, I so love the fact that I prioritise health and fitness because I got to have that experience today. So... You know, if you listen to this, you obviously want to be thinking about fitness or are already thinking about fitness, but make sure you capture those moments when your health and fitness is allowing you to have life experiences that you really love. It's a really important thing to think about. The other thing I want to talk about was when we were there, we, we basically what we'd do is we'd kind of get up in the morning, read a book, and then do an activity in the morning, go home, spend a couple of hours at the place we were staying, and then kind of head out in the afternoon, do something in the afternoon, and then maybe go out for dinner. And so we'd kind of come back, maybe read a book and watch a bit of TV. Well, when I was there, we had Sky TV. Joe and I don't have Sky TV. So for people overseas, Sky TV is our paid TV. We don't have that at our house. So um, so we had Sky TV, and I was flicking through the channels, and I started watching... I think it's Zoe Kardashian's Body Revenge. And it's basically a premise show where uh, people 
have got a body they want to change. And it's not always weight loss. It's, it's one guy who wanted to get stronger and put some weight muscle on and some one guy who wants to lose weight and so on. And it's kind of like a 12-week journey. And at the end of it, they get done up and they stand in front of the people showing, hey, look what I've done. Now, I actually have nothing against shows like that. Uh, they, they can be a little bit unrealistic in the expectations they put on people. But generally speaking, the tone wasn't poor. Uh, you know, and if it inspires people to think that they can get into movement, I'm all for it. But there was a really good example of a really bad fitness professional in there. And maybe they're doing this for TV, but I just thought, wow, this is this is really poor fitness professional work. So basically they had this girl who was quite overweight, she was probably about 120 kg, um, wanted to go on a fitness journey and it turned out she had some pretty horrific stuff she'd been sexually abused at college so she had a lot of emotional baggage she had to work through um and to be honest uh while fitness is an important thing in helping people work through their struggles you know she needed proper help um and they acknowledged it on the show and they supported her towards getting so i'm not being critical of that but the the fitness professional it blew my mind away so they have the first session with the fitness professional and the fitness professional is just destroying this girl and at the end of the session, and as Joe's saying this, I'm saying, whoa, this, this fitness professional has no consideration for this girl's current conditioning because she was getting to high impact movements, high intensity, um, just a really, really hard workout. And and I'm not quite sure what the purpose was. Was it to motivate the person? Was it to to, to show her that she could be, oh, I just couldn't get it. And at the end of the session, the girl had an injury. She had a pulled a back muscle. And like as someone who's been in the game for a while and has worked with people who have not been winning with health and fitness, I was just watching and thinking, what are you thinking? And and why am I sharing this with you? Because the, to me, one thing that's really important in any journey in life is being really wise around who you're choosing to guide you. And in any area where you're trying to go into a new area in your life, you do need people to guide you. You know, you need to invest in in guidance. Uh, for my piano, I got a tutor. For if you want to, if you want to get good at fitness, you need PT or you, you need a coach or you need people who can guide you. Um, but this was a really good example of you need people who can guide you in the wisest way possible. And this is a couple of things to think about. First of all, have people guided people like you? That's such an important thing because I tell you what. This PT or this fitness trainer, and they, one thing they love saying is they love, obviously in personal training world, if you can say you're a celebrity trainer, it gives you credibility because every trainer they had said, yeah, celebrity trainer, so it obviously means it's an incredible thing. But you could tell this personal trainer had never worked for a total beginner because you would not give them that type of movement in their journey. Seriously, the, the workout they gave them, and the girl was injured at the end of it. So first of all, have they worked with people like you? And have they guided people like you to achieve the goal that you want to achieve? And early on in exercise, it's just getting you into exercise. Now, if you can choose that person, they're going to help you to be more wise on your pathway. And unfortunately, and unfortunately, this girl, she did not even finish the show. Now, I don't actually, I'm not going to blame the PT for this because it was more of the mental stuff that she had to work through. But... It didn't help what the PT was doing. And I imagine if they got a better PT who'd work with people like this and allowed them to be successful along the way, they would have at least stayed in exercise. And as much as I'm saying this person needed higher level help, if they could have had a win with the exercise journey, it probably would have been 
more successful moving forward in their new direction. So it was just I was just blown, mind blown away. It's like as a fitness professional, I was just thinking, wow, this is not a good advertisement for what we do. And 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 that's the thing. If you're if you're an overweight, if you're 120 kg and you're watching that show. You're not thinking, oh, I'm inspired to do this because she basically made the girl fail and it's not good health profession. So I just want to share that with you. Anyway, before I get into the main gist of today's show, I just want to say a big thank you to all of the patrons of the show. Uh, the patrons of the show are the people who support me and what I do each time I release a show. They donate a little bit of their hard-earned money my way. And so if you want to become a patron, just go to bevanjamesisles.com, click on podcast, support me, and go through the process. You donate as little or as much as you want towards each episode that I release. Now when you do become a patron, you get a really cool Bevan James Isles show nickname and these are some of the people who are patrons of the show so we've got who we've got here we've got michelle van der van den sorry van de venton and she's moon dance we've got uh, jessica lee she's the leader of the pack we've got bb frail uh, Fra- bb i haven't seen you in a while going to city hall uh we've got ryan hayden ryan smooth operator and we've also got Skip Slade. I will never skip. That's why I say that one. Uh, they are patrons of the show. If you want to look at Patreon, go to bevanjamesisles.com and to go through that process. Anyway, here is my interview with Sharky Zartman. Right, Tim, I'm really happy to have on the show today a lady by the name of it's Sharky. Now, that's a nickname, but her name we're called no Sharky Zartman. So how are you, Sharky? I'm great. I'm great. So I have to ask the origin of the story. So where does the where does the nickname come from? And it's it's obviously the name, because on the book it's got Sharky Zartman. So that's the name, but it's obviously that's not right. your birth name. That's right. My birth name is Charlene. My sisters, Maureen, Charlene, Kathleen, Janine, my dad gave us all nicknames and mine was Sharky and never thought that much about it until we would go to the beach and I'd be always in the water and my parents would go, go get your sister. And so my sister would come down and yell, Sharky, Sharky, get out of the water, Shark, get out of the water. (laughs) Everybody would start running out of the water except for me, you know, and um, so, um, yeah, so I, that's my name. I'm used to it. Some people, when they hear my name, they take a step back. I mean, yeah. they just kind of go, oh, <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, that's my name. <laughs> so, so um, one of the reasons we got you on the show is to talk about your book, When at Aging, How to Stay Fit, Free and Love Your Retirement. But, but I got a little more interested, you know, it seems like you've had a, a long career in health and fitness. So maybe just give us a bit of a background in, in that career. Right, right. Well, I have worked at a community college um, for many, many years. So I'm a professor in health and fitness. And one of the things that I love doing, I'm, I'm still I'm still doing that, mm. which I'm excited about, because at next semester, we get to meet face to face. We've been just virtual. Oh, yeah, so I'm so excited to get back. And yeah. um, but the kids these days, most of my students are 18, 19, you know, early 20s. When I ask them, we cover fitness in the health class. When I ask them how many of them have a fitness program, very few of them raise their hands. Yeah. And, and I just kind of go, well, why don't you work out? Why don't you think fitness is important? And the excuses that I get are ridiculous. The first thing that they say is they don't have time. And obviously I tell them it doesn't take that much time to put a workout in your day, you know, Mm -hmm. and then they'll say, um, 
you know, it's not fun. And I go, well, you just haven't found the right thing that, to do. And so mm -hmm. there's so many workouts out there that are fun. And then the one that I, I crack up, they'll say, well, I don't need it. And obviously the person that says that usually yeah. needs it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. um, as I am really shocked at the resistance a lot of our young people have to exercise these days because they're so into their phones and their computers. And you know, I teach a yoga class at the college. And one of the things that I ask them to do is put their phones away. Mm. And they go, what? And I go, you can be without your phone for an hour and a half. Really, yeah. you can do this. But for some of them, you'd think I asked them to do something like that wasn't possible. How, so, how, long, how long have you been a professor in, in health and fitness? How long have you been doing that for? Um, 45 years. Wow, so so that's really fascinating because you you know you've got such a legacy of a career. So, what's shifted in the way you know? Because what age group are the kind of kids you're working with? Um, at the college, like I said, late teens, early twenties. Okay. So, um, and what's shifted over those that period of time in your career? You know, like as in regards to the the, the importance of health and fitness. Because you know, for some kids at that age, you're always not going to like health and fitness. But has it been a trend that's moved away more from that? And what are some mm -hmm. of the things that you've seen over time that maybe in a good way and in a bad way? Right, right. Well, I've I've kind of seen a separation. I, I see either people that are just very, um, I mean, they, they just don't move hardly at all. I mean, they just don't think they need to, they, they, they work, they study and, you know, and then the other side is the people that are obsessed almost with fitness and with sports. And so it seems like I've seen throughout the years kind of a separation, oh, wow. you know, they're either doing too little or some of them are actually doing too much. Yeah. And so, um, but um, I always think that they need to be doing something. I just, um, especially with the population I'm working with now outside of the college, I decided to bring, cause I've written, you know, textbooks and stuff for the classes I put in. And I decided, gosh, the senior population really needs to get motivated to move because I, when it aging is all about enjoying your life, regardless of age. Mm. And I see so many people in our society, I don't know if you see it in New Zealand, that use their age as an excuse for yeah. not doing things. You know, yeah. I'm too old to do this. I'm too old to do that. And when my daughter turned 40, I just, she called me, well, I called her to wish her happy birthday. And she goes, mom, I'm depressed. And I go, why? And she goes, because I'm 40. And I went, oh my gosh, you know, that's, that's shocking because and she's gorgeous. She's married. She has a great job. She has great kids and she's depressed because of a number. Yeah. And so and I realized that we kind of have a rotten attitude about aging in our society. We take a look at it as an eventual period of decline. Yep. And so what I, what, what I'm trying to do with seniors, and I do work with seniors now, I teach senior yoga, and, you know, I have three books, to, you know, for seniors, when it aging is one of them, have fun getting fit is another one, empowered aging, because I really want to motivate these people, hey, what are we waiting for, you need to take this time of your life to make yourself and your health a priority, and because no one else is going to do it, and you know, we need to turn this around. I say that aging is 
a challenge. We know that. I mean, God dang, we're susceptible to just about every disease and condition out there. But it's also an opportunity to maybe finally do the things we want to do. I mean, we're a lot of we're running out of time. What are we waiting for? Yeah. You, you say, what do I want? And also, it's a privilege. Did we take a look at all the people that didn't make it this far? We've been given the gift of time and more time to spend with our loved ones, more time to learn things, more time to travel, more times to help other people to leave a legacy. So, you know, this aging thing is um, something that I think we can turn it into a positive and fitness is a huge part of that. I always say, you know, fitness is no longer optional as you age. <laughs> you got to be doing something or you're going to lose your mobility. You're not going to be able to do anything. You're not going to be able to enjoy your life. You got to get off your butt. It's funny you say that. I was, I was literally at the gym not long for our interview today. Um, and I was just talking to one of my friends and we're both mid forties. And, and, you know, one of the things I always talk about, you know, I'm not old yet, but I'm kind of middle aged. I um, mean, it's that thing of don't stop. You know, like, you know, like, because often people in their 40s, career, family, all those things, people particularly who have had an exercise routine, they kind of get to their 40s. And, and I just, you know, A, don't stop because you fall out of the pattern. And B, once you fall behind at that age, it's harder to get back. And it's that kind of, sure, you might have to change how you move because aging does limit some things. But um, right. so, so sitting down to write the book. So what was the objective of, of the book? What were you hoping to achieve and, you know, for the reader. To empower people to take charge of their lives and their health. Okay. Um, the doctors are not going to do that. Mm. Doctors help us, you know, come back from disease or condition situations. They operate on us. They, they always have the pad out to write prescriptions, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And in our society, we, um, some people just expect when they go to the doctor, they're going to come home with pill with a prescription. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I think the doctors are great. Obviously, I have doctors that have helped me and, um, but they're not in charge of our wellness. And the wellness is a movement towards optimal health. Mm -hmm. That's on us. Mm -hmm. And so if we really want to enjoy our life, at whatever, whatever age we're at, and we can, then, you know, we need to make an effort. We can't just sit back and just say, oh God, this is bad. No, we need to step up. And so I have, I take the position of an athlete. I was a volleyball athlete. I was on the USA national team. I played for UCLA. They retired my Jersey and um, played beach volleyball. And so I have that, that athletic mind. Okay. Mm, yeah. Um, that competitiveness. Okay. Um, and so I'm bringing that into when it aging, yeah. you know, if, you know, I mean, we can do this if, if we're sitting there, because I don't know if you've had this in New Zealand, but a lot of times people, you know, here in the United States, they, they just complain. They get together and they complain about every ache and pain. And, you know, I mean, it's no, I mean, I don't want to be around people like that. And so, you know, and so I'm trying to empower people, um, telling them that, you know, first of all, just stay away from those people. I mean, if you want to complain with them, go ahead. You know, I call people like that psychic vampires. I tell people to stay away from them because they just, uh, they just drain your energy. In fact, I have a tip if 
you're around somebody that you know is going to just complain when, when you talk to them. Instead of saying, how are you? Saying, what's new and good? Uh, and they don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> so you direct, you direct their focus. Yeah. So I just, I'm all about, you know, controlling what you can control, doing the things that you can do instead of being upset about the things you can't do. And as we age, like I would love to be able to play volleyball again, yep. but I've had a knee replacement. And my doctor says that's not smart for me to do that. And so I found other things that I love, mm. you know, and I never thought I'd try yoga before, mm. but I love it. I'm teaching it to seniors now. I'm doing an expo in a week. Um, you know, I still teach that at the college and I never would have done that if, if I could, if I could still play volleyball, I'd, I'd still be out there. And so, so, okay. So a couple of things. So first of all, one thing you kind of said there was, um, Control your environment. And what you're kind of talking about there is look look at the influences. And if, if the influences are kind of, let's just all kind of complain, maybe that's not a very good environment for you. Um, and, and ultimately what you'll do is kind of consciously put yourself in environments that are encouraging health and movement and stuff like that. Is, is that pretty fair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I really do think that, you know, we, what we need to, what we need to really think about is um, where we're at in, in our lives, um, what we want in our lives at this stage, um, because, you know, things do change. Things do change. My goals are different than they were 20, 30 years ago, but I still have goals and I still am excited about life. And, um, you know, life does change. It's not going to just stay the same all the way to the end. And, um, you know, but I'm excited because I, I, I never would have written books before. You know, I mean, I just, I just took on some things and I was a student again, you know, instead of being a teacher, I've always been a teacher and a coach and, but I love being a student again and learning new things. And, and a lot of times people, as they get older, they don't want to learn. Mm. They, you know, I know it all. We have some professors at the college that when the technology came in, they didn't want to do it at all. And I'm going, oh my gosh, you know, you got to learn technology if you want to still stay relevant in this world. So you got to, you got to keep learning and you got to be open to it. So ultimately a part of aging well is to keep continuing looking for growth. Yes. Yes. And it's interesting because I'm interested in your journey because, you know, if you the level you achieved as, a, as, you know, a national volleyball player in America, which is a pretty massive achievement, you know, you have obviously been a high level athlete and that's different to being someone who's just staying healthy. So how do you, how did you accept not being an athlete and how did you journey into being someone where it's a different focus for exercise? Right. Well, one thing is I started coaching. Okay. So, so giving back. I Yes. And so okay. I've given back and um, my husband and I coached young, young, you know, young kids yep. and started them really early and made sure that they had the fundamentals. And um, we took them all the way up until they went to college and we wow. never took any money and um, they won four national titles. Wow. And, so, and so that was a way for me to still be involved in the sport because I love the sport and um, and help other people instead of just always, 
you know, working on myself, getting better. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to help a lot of these young kids um, get college scholarships, which was, which is huge because it's really expensive to go to college yeah. here yeah. in the United States. Yeah. 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 And so, and I also coached at um, the school for 10 years. You know, so I coached the college students and um, yeah, so we feel like we're, we were still involved in the sport, even though, you know, we didn't play anymore. We were helping others and, you know, and giving them what they needed. What we see a lot of times these days is with the youth sports, um, they're getting very expensive in the United States. I don't know if you have this problem in New Zealand, but the club sports are very expensive. And um, what we're seeing is that a lot of these athletes aren't getting the fundamentals. And so, um, yeah, so it's uh, um, because, I mean, people love sports and, you know, kids especially love them. And so, um, but it's a big money-making business now. I mean, it's no longer just about the kids having fun. There are expectations. I mean, when you have to pay $7,000 to have your kid play a sport. Really? Um, yeah. Oh, that's I mean, the problem with that is it creates a divide, doesn't it? Because people who can't afford $7,000, your kids aren't going to be able to do sport. Right. Right. And, you know, so, so the kids feel the pressure. And um, the parents want the kids to be successful. They want them to win. But if as youth sports are all about learning life skills mm-hmm. and about, you know, being able to get along with other people yeah. and, um, you know, falling down, getting back up, you know, you don't get to win all the time. And um, that's one thing that parents can't do is they can't go out on the field and play for their kids. And so the kids learn that sometimes they're going to lose. Sometimes the reps aren't very good. Mm. And, you know, and so you focus on, you know, what you can do and not what other people did. And if you continue to do that as an athlete, you're going to get better because, it's interesting yeah. in New Zealand, we've, we've actually, we, the, the country as a whole has shifted away from that. So our New Zealand sport is, we're a very active country. Um, and uh, like in the city I live in, you'll go out anywhere and people are running, walking, cycling. It's, it's very active. Um, but the government is, because is, we they give a lot of government funding for sports in New Zealand. And the government have said we want to shift away from competitiveness. So even a lot of, like rugby, which is probably our biggest sport in New Zealand, um, they've stopped having rep teams up to kids to 15. And the reason was, is they were losing kids once they got to 16, because basically what was happening was non-competitive kids were just getting lost from sport. And, right. and so what they've said is actually, we don't, we don't care. We're going to, we're going to give development squads for all kids to go to. Um, we're going to get kids into sport and we walk because, because the purpose of sport, sure, there's going to be that 10% who have a career out of it, or let's be honest, 1% of who are going to have a career out of it. But yeah. the real purpose is of longevity of health and the value of health for exactly. society. Yeah. And, and so in New Zealand, we've really shifted this focus towards saying, sure, we're going to have a competitive aspect of sport, but the real purpose of the good for health for society. And so there has been a real shift for away from that kind of high performance focus for young children and just taking it back to team, fun, growth, you know, that stuff, fundamental stuff you're talking about. Right, right. And I think that, unfortunately, a lot of parents have other ideas as to, um, you know, what sports should be like for their kids. And I wrote a book with Dr. Weil called Hey Sports Parents to try to wake them up. Oh, really? 
that sports is about your kids. It's about the kids' development, the kids' growth. It's not about what you expect them, where you expect them to go with it. Yeah. And because um, the statistic that I found was shocking, about 70% of the kids here in the United States quit sports by the time they're 14. Oh, because, really? Because they're just stressed out. They don't like it anymore. It's not fun. And they'd rather do something else. And, and, and what, a, what a massive implication for the rest of their life. Yeah, I know. You know, because you're talking about the kids you're seeing at college and they're like, well, we don't want to exercise. It's not fun and the rest of it. They've learned that from the, the experience they had as a child, that scarred them. And, and ultimately, it may mean they may never move again. Right, right. Well, I don't know if you've seen any film of, of some of the parents behaving badly. Oh, but, no. oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> we, I mean, somebody should make a video of it because the parents go nuts, you know, yeah. and, um, you know, on the soccer team, um, one parent, um, he's also an assistant coach, but he's very positive. He's yeah. very positive with the kids. And he just, he just gets them all fired up. These kids are like eight years old and he's just, he's going along. He's just yelling and screaming. And when they do something great, he jumps up and down. And when, um, when, when, when they almost score a goal he, and they don't, he just throws himself on the ground, you know, and um, it's just, I mean, I mean, at first when I saw it, I went, oh my gosh, you know, but then I went, he's just so into it. Yeah. I mean, but, it, but at least he's positive, but yeah. some of these parents are like that, but they're not positive at all. And these little kids are looking at their parents, like, what's wrong with you? When, when our kids were young, I used to tell them, don't look at your parents when you're on the volleyball court. Really? Look at the ball, you yeah. know, I mean, do not look at your parents. If you need to look at somebody, look at me, you know, because. So could I ask what, you know, because you obviously, so you're a high performing athlete and then you went to coaching, you, you got, I think you said four-time national champ. So you're obviously hyper. What's the key to coaching success for kids? You know, and, and I know we're, we're kind of talking about the, let's look at it in two ways, as in that long-term love of health and as in high performance for kids. Mm-hmm. The key to coaching kids, is that yeah, what you're asking? Yeah, yeah. Number one, now I'm I'm going down to the young levels. Yeah, yeah, totally get into it. Because yeah. that's where I think they should have the best coaches is yeah. at the younger levels. Number one, they need to learn the fundamentals. Okay. And number two, they need to have fun. Well, it's the fundamentals is skill acquisition of the uh, footwork. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, like for our sport, it's footwork, it's arm swing, it's, um, you know, hands, you know, just, just the basic fundamentals because when, and you need to make that fun for the kids because all they want to do is play. They just want to hit the ball and move around. And so you need a combination and, and that's tough as a coach to make it fun and also make sure the kids are learning the fundamentals, but that's, that's, what's going to make the kid grow in the sport and continue as long as it's fun now as it as kids get older you know the young kids they really don't care about winning Bevan I mean that the first time we went to a tournament with our kids um we won our first game and the parents were jumping up and down and screaming and the kids looked at me and they go coach what happened and I went you won and they go does that mean we have to stop playing <laughs> <laughs> they 
just wanted to keep playing. It was fun. And so, um, but, you know, obviously as kids get older, if they like the sport, then, you know, things are going to get more challenging. And, um, you know, the things that kids learn from sports that they don't learn other places is number one, accountability. I mean, what you do out there you're responsible for, you know, I mean, it's not like you can just blame it on everybody else, right? Because if you want to get better at the sport, then you improve. Mm. So when you win, you celebrate, when you lose, you learn. Mm. And, um, you know, so I think it's really important that kids are supported. The parents support the coach. They're not trying to get out there and tell the kid what to do on the side, you know, um, and, and yet, you know, we see a lot of that going on. So that's why Dr. Weil and I wrote, wrote the book and, um, you know, because it's stressful, it's stressful as a parent to have a kid out there that you've, you've always controlled and always were there for them. And all of a sudden they're out there on this big field and you, you can't help them. Mm-hmm. And you ought to see it like on soccer, parents are running along the sidelines <laughs> trying to talk to their kids. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> anyway, I don't know how we got talking about kids, but um, yeah. Oh no, because you've, you've obviously got a lot of insight. I, like- I, I do all ages. <laughs> Well, no, but it's because, uh, you know, like the thing I love is, you know, because our industry, the devil of our industry is that youth sells, um, you know, and, you know, especially in the Instagram world. And so, um, but, you know, you've had a life in fitness, so, you know, like you've got, you know, you're a wise woman in fitness, you're A, in your own athletic endeavors, B, in, in coaching, C, in being a professor. Now you're moving into working with elderly people or, or an older demographic, um, you know, you could talk for hours because you've lived the game, you know, and that's why that's yeah. what we can talk about kids. You know, like, so, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And I just, I just really think that, you know, I, I love technology. I love everything that technology is doing, especially during the pandemic, it kept us all connected. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I think that it's taken away a lot of people's the sitting disease problem that we, we call that in the United States sitting disease. That's people that hardly ever get out of a chair or move. Did you know that the risk from sitting disease is higher than smoking in yeah. terms of causing heart disease? Yeah. And, so, yeah. and we're seeing not everybody, but more people who've gotten more accustomed to just sitting around and watching TV and playing on the computer and not moving at all. First of all, it was because in the height of the pandemic, I don't know what it's been like for you guys, but we went through a period where everything was closed. Yeah, we did too. Yeah. The gyms were closed, the schools were closed, the beach was closed. I mean, it was like, what, what are we going to do? And I'm sitting there going, well, I, you know, I couldn't work you know, because everything was virtual. And I'm going, well, what, what can I do? And so, and so I went, I can work out outside. And so I worked out on the deck instead of running along the beach. I um, did my run through the uh, marina, which was open. So it's kind of like taking a look at what, what can I do to stay fit and active? Because I know how important it is. If I don't work out, I feel crummy. <laughs> so well, That's actually a good question because for you, um, you know, you're, you're this new book, Age, I went to Aging. 
um, you're obviously trying to promote people to get keep movement or get movement into their life. But you and I, we understand the value of it. You know, as you say, if we don't exercise, we feel crummy. So it becomes that we, we feel dissonance if we don't exercise. So we're motivated to exercise. Whereas for someone in, let's say, their 60s, 70s, late 50s, whatever, um, who hasn't exercised, what would be your advice to getting them in it at this time? I think that... People who do not exercise need to be kind of coaxed into it. Mm -hmm. It's like, what do you want in your life right now? What things are important to you? What do you want? And a lot of times they say that they would like to travel. They would like to play with their grandkids. They would like to um, lose some weight. They would like to, um, and we say, well, all of those things are possible. And um, in fact, I, I have this thing with my students when we start the fitness thing, I go, what if I told you that I had a pill that could ease anxiety and depression, help you lose weight, um, relieve stress, cut the risk of heart disease. Um, I'm, I'm giving all these benefits of fitness yeah. Yeah. and it didn't have any side effects. It's a pill. I, would you take it? And they're going, yeah, where can we get it, Mrs. <laughs> and I go, well, um, you know, the pill basically is, um, and there's instructions on, on, on the pill box. In fact, I was thinking about actually making this. Take one pill with an eight ounce glass of water 15 minutes before exercising for at least half an hour every day. Yeah, nice. And they look at me like, uh, you know, so it's not what's in the pill, it's what's in the instructions. Yeah. And, um, you know, because, you know, my students, even, even these young kids, they're so used to taking pills, I just can't even believe it, really? you know, but um, wow. yeah, and so, so they want these things, you know, you, you kind of give them, you know, just, just a, you know, just a broad thing of the benefits of fitness. Yeah. If I had a pill that would do this with no side effects, would you take it? And they go, yeah. yeah. You know, same thing with older people. If I had a pill with, you know, all these benefits and no side effects, would you take it? Of course they would. Mm. And so, um, so you have to focus on what they want instead of what they don't want. No, okay. they don't want to get old. They don't want to get fat. They don't want to be crabby. You know, they don't want this. They don't want that. So you need to turn that around. Well, what is it that you want? I mean, I think we all want to keep our mobility. Nobody wants to be stuck in a wheelchair yeah. or not be able to move. And so mobility should be top on our list as we get older. We don't want to risk falling i mean a lot of people once they fall that's it yeah, yeah totally. i mean they don't get out of the hospital yeah. and so you know with my senior class that i that i work with we work a lot on balance and um and being able to be stable and so because i go i know this is boring i know it's hard but this is going to help you know, because if you kind of twist, you're not going to fall if mm. we work on these things every week. Mm. And so, um, yeah, so it's kind of like, what do you want? What do you want? Yeah. It's really interesting. And, I have a really good example of that. This morning, I've got a, a beginner running group that I do here in Christchurch. And uh, we've got a lady called Leanne, lovely lady. She'd probably be, I don't know her age, but she was talking about, she's older, you know, um, and she was just talking about how 
um, she's the person who loves who would always get up and play with the young kids and grab the ball and play, you know, and, and she hasn't moved in a few years and she put on a bit of weight and um, she's just been really inactive and she's been doing our running group for the last kind of three months and she's you know, just about to run 5k and she was saying a couple of weekends ago she went out to the park and her kids had the ball and she picked up the ball and played rugby with them for 20 minutes or so just passing the ball around. And she just said she felt so great because, yeah. you know, like it was A, she had the fitness, but more importantly, being able to participate in something she loves participating in was really important right. to her. And in the last couple of years, she's really restricted that. And she said, it's been really horrible because I know I want to be that person, but because of my lack of fitness, I was restricting who I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. You know, and, and, and I- you go. Oh, I just think that everybody wants to feel good. Everybody wants to have energy. Everybody wants to be able to move. And one of the things that have been has been so great about the groups I work with is the social impact of fitness. I don't know if you cover that at all. No, yeah. well, we talk about it because it's so important. It's so important. These people, they look so forward to coming just so that they can see other people um, and enjoy the um, practice together. And we still have to wear masks. I mean, so um, it's okay. I tell them it's a small price to pay to be able to come together and do a practice like this that you're going to feel so great about afterwards. I've had some, my class is just once a week right now at, um, at this senior center, but I've had some people make some remarkable improvements and, you know, they're doing it at home too, you know, yeah. so I give them some things they can take home, but it's just, you know, just an hour of real simple yoga. This is, but it's, I, I teach a dynamic style so yeah. that it's a movement style, but, um, and just the fact that they're there with other people, some of them take walks afterwards and, you know, they talk and they share and otherwise they would be by themselves. It's really interesting. A few years ago, I released a book a couple of years ago and, and um when i did uh, there's a radio show in new zealand called the nutters radio show it's, it's basically about mental mental health and i was a guest on it and it's strange because it's kind of on like 10 till midnight on a sunday night so it's kind of they flew me up to auckland and i was on this radio show and kind of in the middle of the night but what blew me away was um it was a talkback show so people were kind of ringing in with questions was and it was kind of an elderly demographic um the amount of callers who were just lonely you know, the, the, the amount of callers calling in that were just lonely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, know. you know, and, and um, and I think that can often happen in, once retirement happens because your job keeps, at least if you're not the most social person, your job keeps you social. Uh, mm-hmm. And then once you remove from your job, if you don't kind of set up those social infrastructures, you can create quite a lonely life. And as you're saying, exercise is such a great way. It's a, such a healthy and, and great way to have really good social engagement in your life, especially as you age, isn't it? Right, right. And it's important to find activities that you enjoy. Now, now people, some people don't like yoga and that's fine. And so Mm. I say, you know, find something that you enjoy, research things online. One sport that's really big here, I don't know if you guys have it, is pickleball. No, it's not that big here. No, no. What is pickleball? Never heard pickleball okay no. it's like tennis but it's on a shorter court okay kind of pettable kind of thing yeah kind of yeah, yeah. yeah. with the, with a wiffle ball yeah. it's huge it's huge yeah. it's huge because it's like a team sport i mean play you know play with another person the court's small and um 
And the people are just loving it. They're competitive and they can do it and it's social and it's a great workout. And so, um, you know, finding something that they enjoy and then getting in a situation where they're with other people that enjoy it too. That's huge. Mm. Huge. Mm. Yeah. What about about the fact that their bodies are changing in ways where there will be limits? What would be your advice around someone you know, when it comes to moving with their body as they age? I think accepting where you are right now is really important because um, if you try to do more than you can, you're going to hurt yourself. And so um, I always tell people when I come into my class, they're new. I always say, just do what you can rest when you need to. Um, do you have any limitations I need to be aware of? And um, so I can watch them. But um, because what a lot of people do when they first start a fitness program, and this is young kids, you know, my college students, and also the seniors, they come in and they, they want to, they want to go for it. They want to do, I want to go hard. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want them to get hurt or so sore the next day they can't move and they don't want to come back. And so I think that's one thing that I would say is start slow. I mean, especially people that haven't worked out in a while. Yeah. I I had one student who said, well, I used to be able to run a mile in like five and a half minutes. And I go, I go, when did you do that? He goes about a year and a half ago. And I go, do you can, do you think you could do it now? He goes, oh, sure. And I go, oh, good. Because Thursday we have a lab and we're going outside and we're running the mile. And so you, you can show us, you know. <laughs> I was just teasing him, but he knew. You know. <laughs> if you haven't done something for a long time, you can't pick up where you left off. So that's actually it's- really important. And, and I think one thing that's also to go on top of that is to, ex- and, and you've actually said this yourself, is to accept where you are. Because I know I don't necessarily deal with an older demographic, but you see a lot of people coming back from injury um, or from falling away from exercise for a while. And they create this kind of disappointment because they're not what they used to be. And yeah. so even though they're back exercising, They've created a psychologically kind of um, beat up experience. And whereas actually you're back exercising, let's just call that a win instead of going, but I used to be this. And it's like, well, right. if you compare to that, it's just going to make yourself feel bad about yourself and you're not actually going to enjoy right. it. Yeah. But I think that as we get older, we get better at accepting where we are. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we do. We do. And most of us are okay with that, but we still want to improve. We still want to enjoy our lives. So fitness is a huge part of it. And, but we're not going to, I, I would never expect myself to be able to go out on the volleyball court and be able to play the way I used to when, you know, I was, when I was good. And so um, that's just uh, there at at some point you just kind of go, well, that's the way it is right now. And I have so many other things I can do. And if I want to go out and do that again, I just can't have those expectations. What has age taught you wisdom wise that, you know, you would have never gotten unless you were the age you are now. I think that it's taught me a lot in terms of what I thought it was going to be like. When I, when I was young, I, I never wanted to be old. I mean, I just, 
my grandmother was the crankiest person you've ever met. She complained about everything. And, um, and I just went, and, and a lot of the people when I was growing up that age were like that. And I just thought, I, I don't want to be that way. I mean, I, I don't want to get old, you know, <laughs> I really didn't. I was really scared. Okay. And, um, and then, you know, as I've gotten older, I realized that I'm still able to do the things that I enjoy just in a different way. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm excited that I've gotten to where I am today. I'm still healthy. I can play with my grandchildren. I still work. I'm helping other people. I'm volunteering. I'm very happy with where I am right now because I'm 71. And, um, you know, I just never thought I would be this way at 71. And um, I love it. My dad's 97. And he looks like he's in his 60s and he's happy and healthy. And he says, every day above the ground can be a good day. He goes, he goes, don't waste it. And so, you know, that's kind of been my driving force. And, you know, as an athlete, I know you don't just sit back and let things happen. You're never going to win unless you try. And so this aging game, I call it a game, um, you, you know, you, you get off the bench, you put your helmet on, you get in there and you, and you work at it. You work at it. You're going to have setbacks. Yeah. Things are going to happen. We're going to have setbacks, but we're not going to give up. We're not going to give up on life. Life is too precious. Well, so, I've got a really hard question here. And, um, but what about the acceptance of image change as you age? Cause for a lot of people, you know, let's be honest, when athletic people like looking athletic, um, and I'm not saying, you know, I'm not making any judgment on your look right now, but I know for a lot of people, you know, this, you look at, look at plastic surgery nowadays. Some people are trying to hold on to youth and, you know, so much, you know, there's so, it's yeah. so much of focus on trying to stay youthful and, and to the point where people start to look silly, you know, like, you know, and it's yeah. that, um, and so, you know, you're 71, you're still an amazing, but, but how, how did you work through that? Was that easy for you? Or was that something that was a struggle for you? And if so, how did you work through it? You know what, it's, um, you know, the changes are pretty much gradual. Okay. And I, I think that it, we're, we're all going to age. We're all yeah. going to age. I mean, nobody can get out of it unless you leave the planet, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and we can't control how we age, though. And, um, you know, at, at my age, I'm, you know, I don't care what people think about what I look like anymore. Okay. Oh, wow. I mean, was there a switch? Was there a moment that happened? And if so, what, what, when and why? You know, I don't remember a switch. I just, um, I just remember just being, because whenever I used to go to work when I was younger, you know, I, I wore great clothes. I made sure my makeup was perfect. My hair was perfect and all that. And, um, you know, I mean, I just, um, that's just the way I was then, you know, very athletic looking because you're, you're an athlete. Yeah. 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 And so, um, you know, I still, you know, want to look well and, but I don't, I'm not as particular anymore about, about how I look. Mm. I mean, um, I think I think I'm okay for my age. Okay, you're killing it. But but, but, yeah. <laughs> but I'm not I'm not obsessed with that anymore. When I was younger, especially when I was dating, um, 
I, you know, I had to look perfect before I went out and, um, you know, but I don't, I don't, you know, have that feeling inside of me anymore. And a lot of people that I know that are my age have had a lot of plastic surgery. And um, sometimes they end up not looking anything like themselves. I mean, this one poor gal, she ended up having what I call a joker mouth. Have you seen the Joker mouse? No, but I can okay. imagine it. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and because they they want to stay young looking. I mean, yeah. um, you know, I mean, they'll do whatever it takes. And some of them are obsessed with um, cosmetic surgeries. And um, I'm just going, you know, you looked good before you had that surgery. What's yeah. wrong with you? you know? but, but I love you said this. So basically, there's, there's over time, you basically the concern of other people's thoughts about your image lessened and then it became less, a list of a presence in your life. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Well, the people that can't accept me for where I am now, I really don't care about that much oh, anymore. Nice. You know, yeah. and it's um, interesting. I had a young personal trainer, um, girl called Nett. I interviewed her a few weeks ago. She's probably mid twenties, but she's a very successful personal trainer for young females. And just the, the emphasis on image is, mm-hmm. is a real concern for that, that demographic um, just because because of the Instagram world and, you know, and, and just what's right. put in front of them all the time. And uh, she was just talking about how much it's really hurting their mental health, hurting eating disorders, right. you know, and it's right. just that, um, you know, we've got to be able to teach these, young, not just females, but these young people and just anyone that, it, like, it's nice to be healthy and have the image rewards of health. But if you're just going to focus on image, it's, it's, I don't know, I don't know if it's a healthy thing overall. Right. Well, I think it's, I think here in the United States, we, um, you know, obviously have a problem or we used to have more of a problem where the only body images we saw for yeah. women were perfect bodies. They were yeah. like a size zero and, yeah. you know, and, and, and these young girls, especially, I mean, their, their bodies are growing and, and, you know, they're looking at that and they're feeling bad about their bodies when they're in their early teens, you know? And so, oh yeah, because they go, I'm never going to look like that. I don't look like that. And um, now we're seeing a lot more body images now, you know, in, in, you know, a lot of the ads that we see, we're seeing um, people of all sizes and, um, you know, that are beautiful Mm. and women that are beautiful, that are, you know, that are very vibrant and, um, and so I'm, I'm liking seeing that change, but um, we still have a lot of obsession with thinness in our, in our society. Mm-hmm. And I would really like to see that go because a lot of women have gotten so sick with mm-hmm. eating disorders and trying everything they can do to just, to just, you know, fit into a size zero pair of jeans. Are you kidding me? you know and, so. well, and, and it's you know as, as you've talked about ultimately what we're trying to do is develop a person aren't we you know and if, if we if we're just focusing on that one thing you, you don't actually you're losing the opportunity to develop important parts parts of yourself you know you know like you, the character traits the social traits you know all the other stuff mm-hmm. as well right yeah. i talk about holistic beauty oh, um, my, um holistic beauty is is basically holistic is taking a look at health through the different dimensions. There's physical, there's mental, there's spiritual, there's emotional, um, there's social. And, um, 
if, if people more focused on those dimensions in terms of being healthy in those dimensions, it kind of comes from the inside out, okay? Because you can tell people if they're beautiful on the outside and they don't have these inner qualities, mm-hmm. okay? And so, um, you know, it's a combination. You do what you can to keep your body functional and looking, looking good, yeah. but you don't have to be perfect. Yeah. I mean, come on, you know? But um, the inner beauty, you know, we share that every day with people. And um, really just a smile. I mean, you, you, could, you could see a person that you think was ugly on the street. And if, if that person smiled at you, he or she would look like a totally different person, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, to me, the most beautiful thing is smiles. <laughs> you know, like smiley eyes, someone with smiley eyes and a smiley yeah, face. Oh, that's right, with the mask. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, but, you know, like, you know, to me, like, I, I, one thing I've been thinking about lately is what is attractiveness? And to me, attractiveness is actually a passionate person who is talking about the thing that they love. You know, a passionate, not all of you, I find that so attractive. You know what I mean? Like, it's, uh-huh. you know, it's, sure, sure, there is the visual attractiveness that we all like, but um, there's so much more to than just you know that isn't there yeah i think so and i just really hope that um you know people will appreciate that in themselves and share it with others because i mean we we really need a lot of kindness in our society today i mean it's just you know the world is so um you know just in upheaval right now, you know, with everything that we have going on, I'm sure you guys feel it there too. But, um, you know, and so if we just focus on what's wrong in the world today and, and just think about the way we want it to be, there's a huge gap. There's a huge gap. And that's disappointment that we have to live with. If, if we can just kind of accept where things are and appreciate the people around us, that uh, that we care about if we take a look at the things that are we're grateful for that i i have my students do an assignment it's called look for the good and you will find it and they have to notice one day things around them that are positive that make them smile or they're grateful for and they have to write it down and give it to me the next day believe it or not it's an assignment and they think it's so stupid they go oh mrs hartman you must be kidding no do it it's worth 10 points you need the points (laughs) (laughs) and so I, I've had so many people do that assignment and just come back to me. I go, well, how, how was it? And they go, I had such a great day because I was looking for things to write down on that assignment. Uh-huh. And um, I didn't even notice the other stuff going on. And I slept great because I wrote them down before I went to sleep. And so, you know, the gratitude, the positivity is something that we can all practice. We can all practice no matter where we are in our lives. And um, it's it's a giant shift. I had a person um, on my show, um, Ted Larkins, he wrote the get to philosophy. And his whole thing is instead of saying, I have to do this, I have to do that. Just switch it to, I get to. Oh, nice. because that's a total switch in your head from just, you know, I mean, I have to pick my kids up from school today. I get to imagine all the people that don't get to do that Mm. and would love to. 
Mm. Okay, so um, that positivity is really something that if more people move towards and if more people were kind to each other instead of being so reactive, um, you know, it, imagine how, how, what a better place the world would be. Yeah, sure. So. Hey, so um, target market for the book. Just, you know, who, 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 obviously people who are aging, but who's kind of, who you're trying to help with this book? I think I'm trying to help people that are, you know, really starting to get scared okay. about, about their age. Okay, because great. in our society, like I said, we have a negative paradigm. Okay. And um, I hear people all the time go, oh, I'm going to be 50. Oh, God. And I go, God, you made it to 50. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I really want to flip that paradigm. I really want to flip it to something more positive. Mm. Because like I said, um, I've lost some people that were my age, much younger. Um, and a lot of times it was, it was fast. You know, I'm going, oh my God, they're gone. You know, and I'm just going, why am I still here? And you know, I've, I've been given the gift of time. Yeah. And um, so I'm going to use it as much as I can to enjoy my life, enjoy my kids, and enjoy my husband, you know, still learn, still travel. And I want to give back. I want to give back. I love volunteering, you know, for um, the senior yoga class. I mean, I just go to it and I just go on, God, you know, I mean, I don't care. I'm not getting paid. I love doing this. And I, I do, we have expos now in the area. They're, um, they're called Golden Future 50 Plus Expos. And so I've been going and talking about when at aging, um, doing one next week in Long Beach. I did one at Angel Stadium last week. And um, I just love firing people up, you know, hey, you're here, you know, you, you can move around, focus on what you can do, not what you can't do, you know, I mean, just, there's so many beautiful opportunities we have for you here to explore, to try, and, um, you know, I had an 81-year-old woman in my yoga class last, last week at Age Stadium, she had never done yoga before, and it was just a 20 minute dynamic yeah. practice. And she was hooked. She goes, I'm going to start doing no yoga now. I love it. I didn't think I'd ever like it, you know? And, you know, so that kind of stuff is really cool. And I, you know, so I want to fire up people. I want to make sure that they make their health and fitness and their life a priority. Too many times in our life, well, well, when I was growing up, it was my kids, it was my job, you know, I mean, it's like I was the last person on my list, kind of, you know, and now, you know, um, I'm using that as a, as a priority, okay, I want to make sure that I'm healthy, I want to make sure that, um, you know, that, you know, I do things that I love to do, and so I tell the people that I go, when I talk to my seniors, when I write, when I go to the expos, you're number one, you know, this time in your life, this time in your life, you should be your top priority. Yeah. And so, and they like hearing that they go, you mean, it's not selfish. I go, no, yeah. healthcare, self-care is healthcare. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And if you can give, put yourself number one, you'll be better for other people anyway. So it's kind of, it's a, it's a win-win, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, 
Hey, thanks for coming on the show. So I'll put a link to your website. The book is called Win at Aging, How to Stay Fit, Free and Love Your Retirement. Um, I'll put a link to your website in the show notes so you can get the book there. I'm, I'm sure it's on Amazon and all those types of places. Oh, yeah, as well. it's on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, thank you so much for your time. Uh, and actually, one question I always love to ask people, what's your struggle? Because often when we help people, we help people. You know, people would think we're a bit like we have no struggles ourselves. What's the thing that you have to work on yourself with your health and fitness? Um, I think for me, I want to do more than I should. Okay. I have, um, I have an implant and I had a knee replacement. I'm supposed to get one in my left one. And, um, so because all the years of volleyball and high impact, you know, kind of, I wore out the warranty on my knees, I guess. And so I, I, that's a challenge for me not to be able to do the things that, I would like to do because I don't want to have another surgery, but you know, I did find something that helps my knees. I was supposed to have another knee replacement in June, but I've been doing hot yoga. Oh, really? It's helping. In a room of 115 degrees. Yeah. And so, (laughs) and, and it cut down the inflammation. My knees don't hurt anymore. So I found something that I can do that I love that's that's healthy for my knees and so i'm excited about that because before i was just going oh gosh you know i i don't want to have that surgery so i have to be careful but now i'm yeah room 115 degrees i can do that (laughs) (laughs) at least you're not playing volleyball in there hey um thank thank you so much for your time i I really appreciate it it's been awesome speaking to you at the book and again i'll put the link in the show notes uh if you are kind of at the age where aging sudden make you a bit worried check it out. I think it'll be some really good advice for you guys in here. Thanks for coming on the show. Okay. Thanks, Bevan. Bye. Right, team. Hopefully you enjoyed that interview. Hopefully you got lots of insight from Sharky. Obviously, she is someone who has a, a lifetime of knowledge and uh, some really interesting insight in there from her. I, 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 you know, treasure, treasure wisdom, guys treasure wisdom you know like in this world where we focus on the youth um to sit down with someone like sharky who's literally had a lifetime in health and fitness just treasure it you know because it's lived the life and and really cool it's just that kind of that importance of continuing to grow embracing great attitude just you know some really great stuff there so again the book is win at aging i'll put a link to it in the show notes and you can get that there uh that's pretty much today today's show's done and dusted i um, just give you a book update actually on my own book. So my own book now is with the publisher. They are working through the publishing process. I'm doing a course that sits on top of the book and I've pretty much done 90% of the course. So I'm really happy with that. I, I had to make, because the way the book works is each chapter has a challenge and a journey you need to go on. And so I basically had to make like 70 films. So not, you know, I'll say anywhere from eight minutes through to about 25 would be the longest one. Um, and it's guiding people through these kind of 10 challenges of the book. Um, I'm pretty excited, actually. I, I, I'm really believing this product. I hope I can make it work. You know, one thing that with books are, you know, they are a throw mud at the wall kind of thing that you hope, um, you, you believe in it and you hope that it can work. And I, I really believe what I've done with this book can help people who aren't moving. So uh, the, the aim is, I think, kind of March, April will be when it's coming out. So, yeah, uh, fingers crossed uh, it's going to be ready then. Well, no, we are working to a project plan, so it should be ready by then. Um, but I'm really excited about the potential of what we can do with this book. Anyway, I think uh, that can do for day, done our 10. That's long enough for this show. So I'm going to say, as always, keep being you, and I'll see you in a couple of weeks' time.